offering how um, we're in the last days. And you know, there's a lot of people that would uh, argue with that, even Christians that would argue with that. I actually personally know some. I'm kin to some Christians that would actually say to you, yeah, but they've been saying that, you know, I've heard that all my life type thing, that this is the last days. And they would argue with us and say, you know, you don't really know if Jesus is coming back soon. This might not be the last days because they've been saying that forever. Well, the reason they've been saying that all this time is because it's been true all this time. Because, and we, I, we didn't read it this morning, but tonight I want us to read it. If you go over to Acts chapter 2, and uh, we know that... Um, uh, Jesus, by the instructions of Jesus, in chapter 1, we have still uh, red letters in, in Acts chapter 1. Not just in the Gospels, but in Acts chapter 1, we still have red letters where Jesus gave them instructions that they were to go to Jerusalem and to go to the upper room and they were to tarry there until the Holy Ghost was to, to be poured out. And he said Y'all, you would, that they would receive power from on high. Actually, he told them they would receive power to be witnesses. And um, hallelujah. Thank God for the power to be a witness. Amen. He didn't say power to witness, but the power to be witnesses. You know, we are witnesses in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, then, uh, so they tarried there, we understand, for 10 days, waiting and praying and in one accord in unity, uh, waiting on the Holy Spirit to be poured out. And on the day of Pentecost, it says when that, when that day was fully come, on the day of Pentecost, well, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And uh, it says that they all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It said tongues of fire appeared upon their heads. I believe that's a separate experience than the tongues... I don't think the tongues of fire on their head had anything to do with the language that they spoke. I think that was, you know, I don't, I, I spoke in tongues, but tongues of fire didn't appear on my head, did you? Hallelujah. So some, some supernatural things were going on. And the, uh, like one song, I don't even know who wrote that song. Maybe Kevin does. Maybe it was Keith Moore. I don't know. It says they were, the, the, in the song it says they were rocking and reeling in the streets of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Was that Keith Moore that wrote that? Anyway, uh, and so that's the impression that we get that there was a that they were uh, well, there was a lot of stuff going on. It says in verse eleven of verse two, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? And others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. So they were acting like drunks. Because he, that's what they were saying is these people are drunk on wine. Literally, they've been drinking. They've been drinking hard stuff. Well, I don't know wine's hard stuff, but they've been drinking alcoholic stuff. Let's put it that way. And so they are drunk. And so they were acting like drunks do. Whatever that is, maybe, you know, falling all over themselves, falling down in the floor, laughing hysterically. I, and sometimes drunks cry. You know, you, some, some people laugh and some people cry when they're drunk, you know. Uh, and sometimes they laugh a while and cry a while. And, you know, and that's what these people were doing in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And then Peter, standing up with the eleven in verse 14, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. He said, they're not drunk like you think they are. He said in verse 16, but this is that. This is that. This is that. It's important that you remember that part and that you underline that phrase in your Bible. But this is that. 
This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, and, it, and, here's, and then he quotes Joel in verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. He said, this is that, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is that which Joel prophesied. So no more is it prophecy, but now it's being fulfilled. This is that. Right now is the beginning of the last days. It, and that was nearly 2,000 years ago. Not quite 2,000 years ago. Amen. But this is that. And so the last days began on the day of Pentecost. At, when? Let's see. We can figure this up if we had time. But we could figure up how many years ago. But it's not been 2,000 years since the day of Pentecost. It's been 2,000. The, my calculations, it's been about 2,007 years since Jesus was born by my calculations and I'll tell you about that maybe in a minute but anyway um, so we know that Jesus began his earthly ministry when he was 30 and he ended it when he was 33 and this was sometime right around after he was 33 years old so this was 33 years after his birth and if he was born he was actually born they say in 4 BC which would be uh, that would make him right now in 2004 gonna be 2007 2007 so we got this figured up he this was uh oh well, i can't subtract the mathematician can do it over here <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah can't do this in my head but anyway <laughs> thank you jesus i just you know i it, it just got too foggy for me right then that was as far as i could go but anyway so this hasn't been quite 2000 years ago that the last days began peter said no, said this is that this is the last days well you know <laughs> And they thought like we thought. But, you know, so when, when our kinfolks tell us, well, they've been saying that all my life. Well, it's been the last days all your life. Hallelujah. But we know that we must be in the final hours. If you t uh, final days. Final days, hours, I guess, as God sees it. But we're in the we have to be in the final days because of the timeline given in the book of Daniel. That there would be six days. And then in the book of Peter, I don't know why I'm getting into this, but there would be six days, and you know, in the book of Daniel, that this whole thing is going to last six days from Genesis till Jesus, the second advent, is going to be six days. Then there's going to be the seventh day, which is the millennial reign of Christ. The whole thing's seven days long, six days. And then Peter told us, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. And so we have 6,000 years. So, honey, we are there. We are standing. I mean, we're standing on the line. If we lean forward, we'll fall over into it. You know, we got the line right in front of us. And if we lean forward, we'll fall over in to the rapture. Hallelujah. Amen. We are in the last of the last days. And God's getting ready to do a mighty work in the earth. In the, in, I mean, He's ready now. He's prepared us for this. We are in our finest hour. The harvest is coming in. The backslider is coming back to the church. I want to announce to you the backslidden Christian is coming back. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The lost are coming in in tremendous numbers. And tremendous finances are coming into the church to... Uh, to, uh, to uh, and to bring the harvest in all over the earth. And I want to tell you something. 
um, Jeannie Wilkerson, you know, there's the, uh, was the prophet, pro, pro, prophetess, just a prophet. We don't have to distinguish. She's a prophet and of our day, and she's one Brother Hagen would always call on. Is she still here? She's still around, I, I guess. I can't really put my finger on if she's gone on to be with the Lord or not. Uh, but anyway, uh, we have a book by her, and Brother Hagen always would call on her in meetings, and uh, uh, Sister Jeannie Wilkerson. And she said, I believe this, she said, it's fixing to be that the church, the body of Christ, is going to start knowing where the food is. And they're going to start knowing where the green pastures are and, and, and they're going to quit eating this wood, hay, and stubble that we call religion. And, it's, and they're going to quit living on pageantry and, yes. and, and, and yes. you know, hallelujah. I'm trying to get it out, Carla. It's trying to come. Just pull it out, girl. Pull it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. They're going to quit eating this wood, hay, and stubble they're eating. And they're going to come and eat real food, which is the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit in uh, John chapter 1, um, the Word. We'll talk about the Word. And Jesus and his birth, uh, didn't, didn't any of you watch Billy Brim and Gloria this past week on Believer's Voice of Victory? Well, hallelujah, I'm the only one. Well, glory to God. Well, good, I, I'll say I said it then. <laughs> I, you know, I shouldn't even have asked. I could have just said, oh, I, I knew all of this. No, but I had, uh, but in the Companions Bible, it has a commentary, and it talks about that Jesus, and you've probably heard something to this effect, that Jesus' birthday is not really December 25th. However, this man in this Companion Bible shows how conception the Holy Ghost, you know, came upon Mary, and he was conceived of the Holy Ghost, born of a virgin, that that happened on December 25th. Is it not interesting for all the uh, abortionists that we're ce we, celebrate, we celebrate divine conception? Amen? Hallelujah. I thought that was interesting. Amen. But uh, so, in it, so conceived on December 25th, born on September 29th, which is exactly 280 days, which is uh, uh, 40 weeks of seven. 280 days is gestation. Is that right? Y'all are looking, y'all. Kevin says, I don't know. <laughs> we didn't expect you to know, Kevin. <laughs> but for some of us, we know it's 40 weeks of seven. Hallelujah. It's 280 days. And from December 25th to September 29th is exactly um, 280 days. Now, it says in 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh December 25th, and dwelt among us September 29th. Actually, if you that word dwelt there, if you look in the margins of some Bibles, it says, and tabernacled among us. The word became flesh December 25th, and tabernacled among us December September 29th, and September 29th just happens to be the first day of Feast of Tabernacles. Now, is that good or what? And he was circumcised eight days later. Hallelujah. Which is Pentecost. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Covenant. Covenant is what circumcision is. Covenant. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Is this good? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word. The Word of God. And you know the Holy Spirit, one of the things He's saying for us is as we prepare for good news and we get ready for good news and we go into 2004... Because the church has been lax. Would everybody agree that the church is, is a general, you know, especially the American church, the church in the West? Uh, they're not near so lax in the East. And then, you know, in the un, you know, you have to be a little more diligent when you're going to be shot if you worship God or, you know, hallelujah. So the church in the West, boy, I'm thanking God that he is, he is, revival is not just, is, is here. And he's bringing the church back. I know one prophet said that the hunger is coming back to the church. I remember being so hungry, and I feel that hunger now stirring in me like never before. I know Karen and I were praying before the service, and I feel hungry for the things of God. I mean, even a fresh hunger for myself. And I try to be hungry all the time. I try to make myself be hungry all the time. But I feel a fresh hunger for the move of God, for the things of God. I'm hungry for the Word. I'm hungry to pray in a fresh way that I have not been. And uh, so hunger's coming back to the church. Amen. And uh, uh, where was I? But anyway, the Word. If we're going to, if we're going to be do what God's called us to do in these last of the last days. And if we're going to uh, uh, walk uh, in a place of safety, because the devil is so mad. He's been mad for a long time, but I'm telling you, he's scared and mad now. Have you ever been scared and mad too? Hallelujah. It is a deadly, I mean, it's a bad combination. It really is. Because as a mama, I know sometimes when my kids would get hurt, I was scared and mad. I was mad at them for doing what they did, and I was scared too. And boys, things could start flying. I mean, I tell you what, <laughs> you know, I was hitting them with everything. I was just... <laughs> My kids always said, you know, when they got hurt, they didn't get any sympathy. Because my first reaction was usually mad with my scared. And boy, I tell you, you could get a whooping before you got comforted. Uh, hallelujah. And so, uh, <laughs> it was kind of a, it was a wild thing, Kevin. <laughs> Y'all pray for Colin and Eric. They could have emotional healing from, <laughs> from their mother. Hallelujah. But anyway, uh, the devil's scared and he's mad. He's mad and scared at the same time. You know, um, <clears throat> and so if, if we're going to have everything that God wants us to have and we're going to uh, do everything God wants us to do and we're going to walk in this divine protection, we're going to have to stick close to the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're going to have to have, you know, there's going to have to be an attachment to this, to this Word. In John 6... And Jesus said in um, verse 63, he said, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. We need to remember the flesh profiteth nothing. We need to remember that all the things of the flesh profiteth nothing. 
We need to remember that a lot of stuff that we spend our time on, which is just entertaining the flesh or, or fixing the flesh or, 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 or beautifying the flesh, or, or uh, and, and we're glad that we do do some of that. I'm glad you take the time to put deodorant on, for instance. You know, Go ahead and do that. Don't skip that part in your hallelujah. You can pray in tongues and seek the Spirit while you do it, but hallelujah. We want you to take care of your flesh, in other words. But... Um, because, you know, we lived in Seminole, and the Mennonites do not believe in wearing uh, deodorant. And, you know, you could be going down the row of grocery store aisle, and there was nobody on that aisle, but you knew the next aisle that there were some, some Mennonite folks on that aisle. Because you could smell them before you saw them. So we're so thankful. Hallelujah. I don't know why they didn't believe in that. That's, isn't that crazy? It's religion, stupid. It is. Religion is religion is the devil's idea, and it's stupid. And it is. It in the spirit quickeneth, and the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are Zoe. And so we gotta stick close to this word. And if you'll turn over to Proverbs chapter four. Because these words, this word is not just black ink on white paper. This word is not just a book like your dictionary or, or your, the little novel that you're reading at home. These words, they are spirit and they are life. When you take them in, you've ingested something. You've taken substance in. You've taken zoe in. You've taken life in. Amen. And even in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, it says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them. His words are life, and they are health. His words are life. His words are health, and your margin probably says that that word health is also medicine. So his words are life. His words are health. His words are medicine. You know, it's how we're going to have to stay free of disease, free of the flu, free of... It's, we take medicine. We don't just take medicine when we're sick, but praise God, it's a good medicine for sickness. But this is like me. This is preventative medicine also. Amen. So we got to stick close to it. And you can tell, and Pastor and I do this with ourselves. When we get symptoms in our body, we say, uh-oh, not sticking close enough. When you get symptoms in your body, you're not close enough. When you have a little fender bender and you weren't hurt, you're not close enough. It's not supposed to be able to even get that close. The Bible says in Psalm 91, only with my eyes will I behold and see the reward of the wicked. I want to tell you something. Having car wrecks is not our inheritance. And when we do, we're not sticking close enough. When we have those little, when we fall, you know, I was walking down the stairs, I remember in Trustville, and I just came down those stairs and got right to the bottom, turning into the garage and fell, I don't know how, fell forward, and the Suburban is right there, I mean, this is dangerous. I mean, the Suburban is like right there. But somehow my body in the fall twisted and I landed on the side. Well, that was the angels. Praise God, because I'd have probably had a concussion, if not worse, if I'd have fell forward and hit my head on the Suburban. But I wasn't, that's not close enough. That's too close for comfort. 
I'm not supposed to. The Bible says, Psalm 91, I won't even dash my foot against a stone. Why am I dashing my foot against the stone? I mean, I take it and say, I got to get closer. I got to get more... In, I got to get more uh, closer to this word because I'm not. This is not supposed to be happening to me, not even this much. And of course, I'm always real thankful that you know because I was I, that hurt man when I hit that concrete garage. It hurt, but you know, and and I know Pastor saw me do it and he was like, "Oh my God, we're not going to church today because I mean it was just you know it was messy looking. <laughs> you know you can't fall pretty. It's, it's hallelujah and." Uh, it was real messy looking, but when I got up, I wasn't sore. I wasn't hurt. I just brushed off the dirt from the garage, and we went to church. And I'm so thankful for that, but still, that's not good enough. Why can I fall out of the garage? Why? Well, I need to get a little closer. There's mo that means there's room. There's still room, more room for me to get closer. Amen. To get in tighter. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> uh, turn to uh, uh, so Psalm 119. Now, I'm stirring myself, too, in this. And let's just read some. You know, Psalm 119 is the biggest psalm in the Bible. We won't read the whole thing. Everybody say praise God. I mean, it's a, it's how many? 150 verses, 176 verses, and uh, and it's. But the Psalm 119 is about one thing. Does anybody know what it's about? The Word. Good, Kevin. Hallelujah. Did anybody else know that? Just didn't say. Okay, Psalm 119 is about the Word. Let's read verse 2. It says, Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and seek Him with the whole heart. Every time you see Word, and sometimes it says Word, sometimes it says commandments, sometimes it says testimonies, sometimes it says law, will you just substitute Word in your mind? Blessed are they that keep His Word and that seek Him with the whole heart. Verse 18 I, no, excuse me. Verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we've got the word in our heart, when we go to sin, it'll raise up inside of us and it'll say, uh-uh. Amen. You know, if we don't hear a warning bell when we go to sin, we don't have very much in us. Verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts, and that's the word. I will meditate in thy word and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy word. I will not forget thy word. Verse 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy word. We ought to pray that for ourselves. I pray that uh, for myself as I'm going through the Bible because I have it underlined and, and the things that I have highlighted and marked, I will speak them out. I have the verses highlighted and marked that I need to speak out. And so I don't even have to think what should I confess. I just turn and what's highlighted and marked, I confess it or pray it. And so I say, open my eyes, Lord, that I can behold wondrous things out of thy word. Because have you ever, because I spent all those years as a little Baptist and I had a Bible and we read it some. I mean, not as much as I do now, but we did read it some. And I didn't understand none of it. I promise I didn't understand it. I didn't even really think you were supposed to. Really? 
I thought you, you know, I was told these things are hard to understand. You really can't understand them. And yeah, it's kind of a mystery. And you know, we weren't really meant to understand them. But we are. And when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, one of the benefits besides receiving power to be a witness is all of a sudden I could see things I couldn't see before the Word came alive to me. The Word came alive and I could read it and it was not hard to understand. It was easy to understand because the Word is understood by revelation. And so He can open our eyes that we can see things in His Word. We ought to want to see Him and we ought to ask Him. He said, David, ask Him and we ought to. Okay, verse 25. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I mean, when you're in a hard place, when you are sick, I mean, whatever. If, if, I mean, if you're down in the dust of life, he says, David says, quicken thou me. How's he going to do it? According to thy word. According to the word. The answer's in the word. Every answer you need for every situation is in the word of God. Some people are trying to get delivered, get healed apart from the word of God. They come, you come to healing school and you say, uh, let, God, God wants to heal you. Here, go home and read these scriptures. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that. I just want him to heal me. But see, the, the healing power, the quickening power is in the word. Amen. And so we can't, lots of Christians are trying to get to God and get things from God. And, but, and every answer, there, there shouldn't be anything you're asking for God that you don't have a scripture for. If you're just, if you're praying out there, oh God, uh, save so-and-so, help so-and-so, deliver so-and-so, uh, do this for me, give me this, give me that, help me with this. And you don't have a scripture for it, you're praying in the dark. You ought to have a scripture wrote down and, and, and you are, uh, that you are speaking over every situation in your life. If you have a child that needs help, then find the word about what that, what that child needs. Amen? And don't stop searching the word till you find it. Don't just take a, any old scripture. Find the word because it's the rhema word it's the word that the Spirit brings alive to you that will quicken and change the whole situation. Amen? Now we can hold the general word, the logos, up to God until we find the rhema. Amen? But we need a rhema on it. We need a Holy Spirit revealed word from this word and then that's what will quicken us. That's what the sword of the Spirit... If you read that scripture in the New Testament that says uh, the word is sharper and quicker and more powerful than any two-edged sword, that word, word there, is not logos, it's rhema. It's the Spirit-inspired word. It's the word the Spirit inspires to you. And that we can hold that rhema up before God, and I'm telling you, you can, you can break through any demonic... Uh, uh, any demonic stronghold that's trying to stop you, any demonic opposition, you, you can hold that rhema up and you will, you can bust right through the opposition with the rhema. Amen. When he tells you, when he gives you the rhema, you just take it and walk with it. Amen. Okay, verse uh, 28. My soul melteth for heaviness. And then he says, strengthen thou me. How? According to thy word. Oh, you know, I'm so weak. I'm so tired. Well, why aren't you going to the word and getting some strength? Because it's spirit. It's life. It's strength. It's help. 
It, 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 it's, it, it'll, it'll, you can read the word and get stronger. You can come to, I guarantee you come to church, you can leave stronger. I'm talking about physically. I'm not even just talking about spiritually. Of course, you leave spiritually stronger, but you leave physically stronger. Amen. Um, verse 31. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. I've lucked that part. I, in other words, if we put that in, in today's language, we'd say, I'm sticking to the word. I'm stuck to the word of God. You know, that's how we need to do. We need to find that rhema and stick ourselves to it. I'm telling you, I'm stuck to that rhema. And I'm, you know, we did that. God gave us a rhema in 2001. Uh, about what this year, the year would be like. And I think it's Psalm 65. I can't remember exactly right now. But it's, it said that this, he gave this to us the end of December. Just we were, I was just thumbing through the Bible one day, the end of December, and this just jumped out of me. It's, it's just like light came up off the page. I, not really light, but you know, just it jumped out at me. I never noticed it before and read the Psalms many times. And it said, this is the year that the past will drop fatness. And the little hills will rejoice. And I thought, well, that's me, a little hill. You know, that me, you know, not one of the most... Not, I said, man, the little hills, brother, not Brother Copeland, not Brother Hagen, but the little hills will rejoice. And I said, boy, that's us. That's our, this is our year, 2001. And 2001 was hell. I mean, I know not hell like if... I know that that's really... Because hell's so bad that we don't ever really have hell. But it was... Let me say this. It was opposition. It was opposition. It was people coming against you. It was, it was the lies of the enemy. It was everything but. But we stuck ourselves on that word. And we said, no, this is our year. This is the year that the paths will drop fatness. This is the year that the little hills will rejoice. This is the year. And you know, we just kept sticking and sticking to that word. And there was all sorts of opposition. But this building came available to us in the end of September 2001. We began to, and, and, and we began to, we saw this building for the first time. From Lawrence mentioned, we went, to, we went to eat with Lawrence and Kathleen at Shoney's, and Lawrence said, you know, there's a building, I heard some friend of mine said, out somewhere towards Coker for sale. And we said, and I said to him that night, I said, that's too far out. <laughs> I did, I said that, didn't I? Do you remember me saying that? I said to Lawrence, that's too far out. And, uh, and that was on Wednesday. That was after church on Wednesday night. And Thursday, in my prayer time, something kind of stirred in me. I don't know what, just some, it was very faint, just a little stirring, like, you might ought to go look. And so I forgot about that. And then on Friday, we take off. And Friday, we went to, uh, out to eat at lunch. And after lunch, he was like, well, what do you want to do now? Because, you know, and I said, you know, it kind of came to me. We might ought to go look. Why don't we drive out there? So we drove out here, and we didn't see. We thought we'd see a church with a sign out front for sale. We didn't see any churches for sale. But down here at Trinity, or the Temple of Love, we call it, because they got the little heart. So we call it the Temple of Love. <laughs> well, I mean, that's our little, you know. How, well, you know, listen, our church was called Living Water in Seminole, and they called us Running Water. I mean, you know, <laughs> the whole town called us Running Water. So, you know, we thought we could, we didn't get offended. Hallelujah. I mean, we, Temple of Love is good. I mean, love is good. Y'all are looking at me like, oh, that's so bad. No, but anyway, Trinity, 
we and they were having garage sales, so we pulled up there and said, "Do y'all know of some church that's for sale?" And this uh, and some guy was out there and he didn't know, but if the pastor's inside, he might know. And so pastor went in, talked to the pastor, and the pastor said, "Yeah, that's that one right up the road there." So we came and we was peeping in the windows back here, look trying to see in here, and we couldn't tell anything. I guess those doors were shut. I don't know. So got the, and I think he gave us the pastor's name, and we called. And by like, I think the next day, Saturday, yeah, the next day, we came out here and looked around inside. And um, <clears throat> hallelujah. And then, you know, just brought some people to look and begin to pray and meditate. And, uh, uh, and so, and it had a witness in our heart, so just kept following the Holy Ghost. And so finally bought it and signed the papers in November. And, you know, we began to remodel. Y'all remember working out here and remodeling? And, and I was tired, man. It was like, this is a lot of work. And, uh, and I remember telling Pastor, saying, you know, he wanted to move in here in December. And I remember saying, you know, that's not a big deal. Let's just not put so much pressure on ourselves. Let's just move in in January. And he said, no, because this is the year that we were so stuck to that word. He was. And I, we had stuck ourselves to 2001 is the year that the paths will drop fatness. He said, we got to have it this year. No matter what we have to do, we got to have it this year. See, you got to, the devil will oppose you. The devil will try to steal it from you. The devil will try to, to stop you. The devil will try to make you too tired to get it. The devil, but you've got to push and stick to the Word of God. You've got to stick yourself on the Word of God. Hallelujah. And you'll have it. Amen. And so we moved in December 9th, 2001. We, we had our first service out here. And uh, you know it's so funny because God knows what you need and what you want. Because I was telling Pastor about two months ago, I said, there's nowhere I'd rather be location-wise. When I think about, okay, having a church on McFarland, I go, mm, I don't want to be on McFarland. When I think about having a church on 15th Street, I go, mm, I sure don't want one on 69 South. I don't want one out there. Hallelujah. Uh, I, 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 when you say, well, why don't you want one out there? Because I don't think the atmosphere is right for what God wants to do on 69 South. I know I live out there. So, hallelujah. <clears throat> but we're praying. Hallelujah. I mean, I think about being on the interstate. I go, I don't want to be on the interstate. You know where I want to be? Right where God put me. It's like I, there's not, I can't think of anywhere I'd rather be location-wise. It is like the most holy, the most perfect location. It's like the perfect place for us. But sometimes you've got to see things by the Spirit, you know. And I didn't do a good job of that, really, because, you know, I said, too far out. But, you know, I, I, I came around. Hallelujah. Okay, so sticking to the Word. Verse 34. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy word. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. You know, we need to be wholehearted about the word of God. Not half-hearted, but wholehearted. What we do, we got to do wholeheartedly. Like Pastor said this morning, nothing in the word counts. Nothing you do counts unless your heart's in it for God. Nothing counts. It's just wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to burn up. You know, all our work's going to be tried as by fire, and it's all going to burn up if our heart wasn't in it. 
We've got to put our whole heart in it. And so I obey your word with my whole heart. With all of my heart. I don't just tithe half-heartedly. I tithe with my whole heart. Believing with my whole heart. Believing with everything I have in me. Not doubting he's going to help me. Believing he's going to bless me. I sow offerings. I do it with my whole heart. Believing I'm having a harvest. Amen. And when it doesn't look like I'm having a harvest, I still believe I'm having a harvest. When it doesn't look like when it doesn't look like there'll be enough, I'm stuck on another word. You know, the prophet stood us up in Blunsville one night and told us um, uh, he told us that he would anoint us if we would obey him, he would anoint us to prosper when it seemed impossible to prosper. Well, it has seemed impossible to prosper the last two years. And uh, he said also that he would, the ends would meet and overlap and there'd be money to, to give away. Well, I'm telling you, we've gave away money this year. We've sowed seed from this church. And you know what? The ends meet and overlap. And I sometimes yes. I, I go, I don't know how. I don't know how, but you know, I'm stuck on that word. And every time I look at that and I go, man, how are we going to pay the bills, the church bills this week? I go, the ends will meet and overlap. The ends will meet and overlap. And you know, because I'm stuck on that word. Because it was a rhema to us. I've stuck myself to it. So, so we got to do things with our whole to, uh, Verse 49. Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. You know, um, if we're going to tell God, now God, you know. Well, we ought to tell him, now you know the words you gave me that you caused me to hope with. See, it would be so wrong for God to give us a word and cause us to hope and then not do it. And God's not a man that would do something wrong. And isn't that wrong? See, it's wrong when you tell your little kids, now daddy's going to come home early and take you to the picture show. They don't call them that anymore, do they? That's what my daddy called them, picture show. Um, daddy's going to come home early and take you to the picture show and then not do it. See, you caused him to hope. And then you didn't do it. And that's bad. That's real bad, Daddy. I'm telling you, Mama, it's bad. Don't tell your kids. Be better not to tell them you's going to do anything than to tell them you's going to do something and then not do it. Amen? Sometimes we speak out of turn with our kids. I'm not, I don't mean to go here. Help me, Jesus. But we speak out of turn with our kids and because, like Pastor said, we're trying to compensate for something, trying to, and we get over in the flesh making promises that there's no way on God's green earth we could ever keep to them. And we make promise because you know, you know you're not going to get off work in time. You know, you know you got more, and you know you're going to have to break that promise. But, it, but see what it does is it pacifies them for a while. But it's wrong. And God's not a man that would do things like that. So you can say to him, remember your word, Lord, that caused me to hope. Amen. See, you can say to him, remember your word, Lord, 1 Peter 2.24, that says by his stripes we were healed. That word caused me to hope, Lord. And so, Lord, I know that if I'm not healed, it's not you, it's me. And I know, but, but I am expecting you to get me all the revelation I need. I'm expecting you to get me what I need to understand so that I can get completely lined up so that I can have what you promised. He'll do it. I promise you he'll do it. Number 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. It's his word that'll quicken you. Or in other words, give you life. You're not going to make it if you aren't in the word in these last days. You're not going to make it successfully. Hallelujah. If you don't tie yourself to the word. Verse 89. 
We'll go there. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Listen, folks, it's already settled. It's already proven. It's already tried. Hallelujah. You don't have to try his word. It's already proven and tried. Hallelujah. Verse 130. The entrance of thy word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Man, if you don't have understanding of something, where do you go? The word. If you need wisdom, where do you go? The word. Well, so many times we don't though. We ought to go to the word when we need wisdom. I need counsel. Lord, I don't know what to do. Well, have you gone to the word? Because the entrance of his word brings light. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 133. I like this and I pray this. Order my steps in thy word. You know, the whole, the whole Bible is not as important as some parts of it are. There's some, did you know there's some unimportant parts? I mean, not unimportant. They're all important to a certain degree, but some are lots more important than others. And, so, and God needs to order your steps in the Word. You need to be at the right place at the right time in the Word as well as out here. If you're at the right place at the right time in the Word, you'll have that day just what you need. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that God has it all lined out and He has it all figured out so that just at that day... You know, uh, one thing that comes to my mind in that is, you know, Brother Copeland, Miss Gloria's uh, Faith to Faith daily devotional. Does anybody have that? Amen. That's good, isn't it? Hallelujah. Y'all need to invest in your life and get you some things like that. Amen. Um, so anyway, they have a Faith to Faith devotional. I think they have one for women, one for men. They're both the same except one covers... Manly, another covers womanly. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, and you know, they're writing this several years ago, this daily devotional. And you know, who knows if they are even the ones that put them in order. You know, they could have wrote the devotions and then uh, somebody else who assembled the book just kind of put them in order. Who knows? But the one that was for on September 11th, when that, when the, you sh it was like, it was like God wrote the devotional and put it on September 11th. And hundreds of thousands of people all over the United States, all over the world, not only read that devotional from the book, but you can get that. You don't even have to buy the book. You can just go online every day and sign up, and they'll email it to you. They will email you their devotional every day, and it's always faith. And uh, it was like custom-made for September 11th, 2001. See, he orders our steps in his word. Okay, verse 100, and I'd recommend you do that. Go online, sign up, kcm.org. Uh, and, and it's free. It's free. Just sign up, and they'll email you the devotional every day, and you'll build your faith every day just reading that. Verse 152, Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Verse 160, 161, princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Are you in awe of the word of God? I'm amazed. I'm, see, I'm so amazed when I see that, like what we talked about, the word became flesh and dwelt, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. He's born. I mean, and you know what? There are trillions of, and I'm not even exaggerating by saying trillions, there are trillions of, we will be discovering these throughout eternity the mysteries of his word the things that are hidden in his word that all line up and all 
It all lines up, folks. It all lines up. I mean, even, I believe we'll even go, and I believe the Bible code. You all ever read the Bible? Has anybody ever heard of the Bible code? Hallelujah. I believe all that's true. And the man that's got it all figured out isn't even saved. Not even a Christian. It figured it all out. And I believe it's all coded in there. And I believe he's allowed us to discover it in these last days. I believe that ark is still up there on Mount Ariat. As a witness. Hallelujah. It all's there, folks. And it, and it, and it, and it's, it, it puts me in awe. Verse 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I mean, it's better than treasure. It's better. It's better than any Christmas gift you'll ever get. Those things wear out. No matter how long they last, they'll wear out. Amen. But this is never going to wear out. It's life, and it's life everlasting. It'll be feeding you 10,000 years from now. You'll be feeding on it. 20,000 years from that. We, don't, we cannot conceive how long eternity is. This life here is nothing. It's just a breath. If it's not all you want it to be, don't worry. It'll be over soon. Sometimes we get too bent out of shape over this life. Oh, I want this. You know, even us faithers. Oh, I want this car. Well, you know. I, 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 I believe in faith. I think we ought to be believing God for stuff. But listen, you're going to be riding in a chariot just in a few years. Don't worry about it too much. Amen? Amen? Hey, oh, I want a husband. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Just in a few years, we're going to be a place where there is no marriage. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. I'm telling you. I wouldn't get too bent out of shape over it. Do y'all agree with me? Y'all See, we're just way too consumed with this life. And it's just a breath. It is just a breath. Just do your best. Serve God. Cling to His Word. Let the rest take care of the rest. He loves you so much. You know He's going to do all in His power to get you everything you want anyway. Cause just because He loves you. And He wants to demonstrate His love to you. He wants to show you how much He loves you. So you, I, I believe we could fret about it, believe for it, you know, a lot less, and He'd get it to us. Amen. Receive His love. Receive His love. Amen. Did I finish? I, want, I, think I just want to finish the whole book. Verse 165, this is really good. And I believe this is the last one. We'll close with it. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You want peace? It's the people that love the Word of God that have peace. Hallelujah. And you know, the people that love the Word of God, they don't get offended. Are you getting your feelings hurt all the time? Does your husband hurt your feelings all the time? Does your wife rattle your cage? Hallelujah. You won't be offended if you'll love the Word of God. Amen. Are they offending you at work? Hallelujah. Praise God. Preachers won't even bother you if you'll love the Word. Hallelujah. You know what? If you'll start loving His Word, you know what will happen? You'll start loving all preachers. You'll love the ones that do good. You'll love the ones that do bad. You'll, 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 you'll realize, you know, even the ones that have made wrong decisions, that you'll say, oh, they had a lot of pressure on them. You'll just be so, you'll be so forgiving. 
Amen. Because you love his word. That's all that counts. That's all that counts. When people mess up, they just don't know enough. They just don't know enough. They don't. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand up together.